Hello, and welcome to the Paul Green Comedy Podcast. It is January 25th, 2024. This is episode 57. How are you all doing? I hope you are doing well. You're out there living your dreams, following your journey, and having all kinds of wonderful experiences. I am overall doing very well, and been thinking a lot about uh, the feedback I got from my good friend that I had talked about yesterday. If you didn't hear yesterday's episode, a good lifelong friend of mine had seen my recent comedy special and had given me some very apt <laughs> uh, feedback and just gave me some thoughts on it. And it was, it was really valuable. I appreciated it. And I've been thinking a lot about how to improve my set. And I've started writing down some ideas. I haven't really like sunk my teeth into it yet. However, there is an open mic uh, tonight and uh, it's at a club I perform at regularly, and the owner knows me very well. Matter of fact, I interviewed the owner a couple of days ago, Jim Perry, and he'll usually, sometimes he'll give me a 10-minute set, even though it's an open mic. And so that might be a good opportunity for me to dive into some new approaches and to try out some new materials. So I will be uh, diving into that. Other than that, man, I've had some very deep philosophical conversations uh, with just in the last day or so. Uh, last night I was playing basketball uh, with a buddy of mine, and he and I ended up talking for about 30 minutes about who who or what God is. <laughs> We have a similar background. We, we were both raised in the LDS faith, and we both have left the LDS, LDS faith, and anybody who's ever been through any sort of faith deconstruction, it can be a lot to have to rebuild your entire paradigm of existence and reality and God and creation and morality and I mean it's 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 a lot and so it is fun talking to people who've had a similar experience of being raised in the LDS faith and then leaving it and we dove a lot into this idea of free will I don't, I don't know why I'm diving into this. It's just what's on my mind. So I had talked about how it seems that there is so much limitation on the free will that we have, right? So if there is a God and he created us and he is, and he puts us in the, the circumstance where we are even able to exercise a, a free will and to exercise choice, my thought is, yeah, that's true, but there seems to be so many variables that are out of my control. You don't control who your parents are. You don't control their decisions. You don't control the means and resources through which you were born and how you were raised and the community that you were raised in. And 
he had taken a more broad view, which is actually consistent with an LDS view, which has to do with an, a concept of a pre-Earth life and that we existed as intelligences before and that coming to this life actually was a choice. So there was actually free will even before existence. So, you know, that is a interesting philosophy. And what it led to was I have been thinking a lot about this idea of free will and, versus manipulation or um, free will versus being controlled or manipulated into certain behaviors. And, and I was thinking about how, how much of my choices are not my own choices at all. It feels like they're my own choices, but how much of my decision-making has been influenced by other human beings who a lot of times I've never even met, right? I was just thinking, just take the Constitution, the Constitution of America. It's this document that was written 250 years ago by a bunch of dudes who I've never met, <laughs> who I've never spoken to, who are all dead now. And yet they wrote this document that said, these are the laws that are going to govern this geographical boundary that we have determined is now our geographical boundary and here is all of the rules and if you don't follow these rules these are the consequences and how many of my decisions that feel like free will have actually been influenced by those men and who knows how many men and women since then who have had influence on making laws. I think about that every time, not every time, but sometimes I'll be at a stoplight and I'll go, why is, why am I stopped here right now? Because there's this light in front of me that somebody 30, 40, 50 years ago had sat in some sort of <laughs> community planning meeting and they're designing the roads for this new city. And they said, oh, well, we need to put a stoplight on this intersection. And then somebody who I never met or will never meet came by and programmed that light to turn red at certain variables. And then I'm in a car, which somebody else built because somebody else a hundred years ago made a decision to start mass produce mass producing cars instead of riding horses and then was able to influence the entire world by creating vehicles and then marketing these vehicles and then mass producing them to where now everybody pretty much is in a vehicle and in cities with these laws and traffic lights and rules that tell me when to go when to stop when to turn and I'm going like so much of my life. And then you add religion on top of that. And so now you have a religion which was created by human beings who felt a certain inspiration from who they 
determined was God, and then they wrote all down all of their experiences and what all of the rules and laws that they were claiming came from God, and then everybody had to live by those rules. And a lot of times, if you didn't, you got you you got killed. And if you did, you didn't. And a lot of those rules and laws are still being perpetuated and influencing people's decisions, influencing my decisions today, sometimes thousands of years from when those ideas were originated. And then I was thinking about how so much of life seems to be human beings competing to influence the free will of other people. <laughs> I don't know why I'm going down this tangent, everybody, but this is what's been on my mind. Oh, my gosh. But, I mean, think about that. It's, um, I thought about that a lot when I was marketing for this comedy show that I did in Tucson a couple months ago, because I really pushed the marketing hard and I printed out a bunch of flyers and like, uh, posted cards, postcards or whatever to go put on windshields. And so I'm down in Tucson and I'm just going up to people's cars and putting a flyer on their windshield. And I had a very moral sort of ick about that of what right do I have to walk up to somebody's vehicle and advertise my show to people who didn't ask for it. And I really had to push through that. A lot of it also was I didn't really want to be advertising that, so then I was going, well, you're just trying to get out of grinding yeah, this is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to go and market myself and to try to advertise a show. And it's uncomfortable knowing that I'm not a big enough name to where people will just come to my show. But how would they know about it anyway? I've got to advertise somehow. And I guess it's the difference between, am I advertising in a manner that people can choose to interact with or am I forcing my advertising on people and dropping flyers on people's windshield felt a little a little bit more forceful and I had a handful of people who saw me doing it were just like hey don't touch my car get away from there and I'd just be like okay you know I wasn't like pushy like that but then I was thinking man every single salesperson deals with that every single salesperson has to in their mind justify knocking on somebody's door, going to somebody's business, um, and exerting their free will onto the free will of another human being. If I'm the salesman in this scenario, I, I am using my free will to interject into the free will of another person saying... I have this product. I now want you to listen to this product that I have to sell. And I'm now going to convince you that you need this product and that you also need to pay me money, which I have a invested interest in 
you doing that because that means I get the commission. And it's, it's, to me, it's just a very fascinating concept. And then I think about religious proselytizing, which I did, by the way, my, almost my entire life, which is this idea of I have the truth or what I feel is true and my way of living and my the God that I feel has manifested him or herself to me is the true one. And it is now my duty almost to use my free will to go convince people that they also need to follow my God and to do so, you know, with any means necessary, <laughs> by any means necessary, um, and depending on the religion, there are some religions who are far more uh, forceful and aggressive in their proselytizing, some that are maybe not so aggressive. But yeah, I don't know. It, it's just a very interesting concept to consider how much free will there actually is and how much free will is being manipulated or this it's like the competition for free will it's like the the human race is in this constant competition for free will i'm competing for your free will will right now by putting this podcast out there and hoping that you will use your free will to listen to it right so i'm doing the same thing <laughs> and i don't know i don't know if it's wrong or if it's right it's just what i what i've been thinking about as i'm really embarking on this journey of becoming a dreamer and realizing that my ultimate dream is to exert enough influence on the free will of enough human beings that i will be able to influence them to come to shows buy tickets buy merchandise um watch my content and that if I'm able to influence enough free will that I will have the 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 life and the dreams that I want. Which isn't just, which is just not a very sexy way to <laughs> to look at it. Podcast kind of sounds like a downer today. I don't mean for it to be a downer. Uh, you know, I'm not necessarily trying to be negative. I'm just really trying to dive into what the heck is going on and 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 figure it all out. And if I can say something that maybe makes it seem a little less harsh, when I was talking to my buddy last night, we did the the more we pulled the curtain away we just said yeah but at the bottom of that it seems that free will is either inspired out of love or out of fear jim carrey said that too in one of his commencement addresses that went viral that went viral so is my free will am i exercising it out of love or fear 
But then again, who who am I to know? I mean, take the religious proselytizer who feels that because of the love of their religion, the love of their God, and because they believe that other people are in danger of hellfire and damnation if they don't go and convince them to subscribe to their religious beliefs, you know, they, I think, feel they are acting out of love. So am I acting out of love? Or am I just proselytizing out of fear? I don't know. I will couple this with another conversation. <laughs> I'm working this all out live as I talk to you, all right? So I was talking to my other friend, um, Elizabeth Pitt, who I'm going to have on the podcast in a couple of weeks, and I cannot wait. And when we were talking, we dove into this idea of, well, we were just talking about our friendship, because we just have this incredible friendship. And we were talking about how neither of us wants anything from each other. And we don't have any expectations from each other. And we'll just call each other and talk on the phone for hours. And there is no drama. There's no manipulation. There's no posturing. There's no, well, I'm talking on the phone, but what I really want is, you know, X, Y, Z. And, and we were talking about that a lot in terms of how it's so easy to maybe get into relationships or get into certain employment situations or whatever the case may be and do so out of this insecure fear-based mentality of this, I need, I need to get something, I need validation, I need X, Y, Z. And, but with her and I, we don't want anything from each other other than what, what, whatever the best thing is for each other. And we're just there to encourage and support each other. And I've been, I was thinking about that, how that applies to my comedy. Am I doing comedy because I need something from the audience is it coming from a place of insecurity? I need you to laugh at me. I need you to think I'm funny. I need you to validate me. And I know that I've done comedy from that emotional point of view before, from that emotional paradigm. And I think an audience can sense it. And I don't think it's good. <laughs> I mean, how could it be? And... I think that's what I was really struggling with this last weekend when I when I had those bad shows, bad shows to my standards. I I was in my head and I feel like I was I needed the audience to validate me in a way that I think put sort of a wedge between me and the audience as opposed to me going into that show and just saying, "Hey, I have some things to say. This is my art. This is my craft. And I'm going to share it 
as a gift. And if you received the gift, fantastic. If you don't, no problem. And I think that that's... I don't think that that sort of mindset is is common in our culture. The fact that I use the word gift, it just made me think of present giving. And I'm just going, how many presents have I given with, without actually the other person in mind? It was more about me giving the gift to show how benevolent I am or to show how thoughtful I am. But was I actually giving the person what they wanted or what they needed? And, and I felt that way. There's been times when I've been given gifts and I'm just going, this really feels, I don't want to even give examples because, you know, you can't even say that. If somebody gives you a gift, you're just supposed to be so gracious for it. And, and, you know, I, there's some truth to that of being, being gracious, um, But if somebody doesn't want my gift, that's totally fine. To me, what is not okay is me offering my gift and somebody not wanting it and then me going, no, this is what you should want or you're wrong for not wanting this or how dare you. Do you have any idea how long I worked on this joke and you're just going to turn your nose up? And it's like, well, <laughs> I didn't find it funny. You know what I mean? It's it's not their fault, again, if they aren't laughing at me most of the time. So, I think the space that I'm trying to step into emotionally as I pursue this dream, as I pursue comedy even deeper, is really looking to detach from... My need for the audience to validate me. And being totally okay if they don't. Now, if they don't like something or they don't think something is funny, then that's my opportunity to go, oh, okay, well, do I want to go rewrite this joke and, and hone it a little bit more? Or am I 100% sure that this joke is what it needs to be and I'll just go find an audience that appreciates that joke. And I think it can be either or. And I don't think either way is right or wrong. Because there are plenty of times when I have a joke, I have something in mind, I give it a try, maybe I try it at an open mic, eh, it doesn't really work, maybe I try throwing in a show, eh, it doesn't really work, and then I'm going, okay, maybe this joke, maybe this joke just isn't good. Maybe this gift isn't good. <laughs> maybe my gift does suck and that's totally okay it's not a reflection of me it's like okay let me take the gift back and work on it and see if I can put more of my love and more of my effort into finding and refining the best gifts that I have to give and then I will know that if I give this gift and somebody doesn't like it, well, then it's just not for them. But I will find those who do and do appreciate it. But I, but not for me, not for my 
validation or not for my neediness or insecurity. Anyway, I got to be honest, I had no idea what I was going to talk about uh, this morning, and all of that just came out, and I don't know why, because that seemed very uh, analytical and philosophical. <laughs> and uh, hopefully uh, that's interesting and maybe uh, triggers some sort of thought or does something. And if it doesn't, that's okay. That was my gift, and you don't have to receive it. <laughs> I have a gift receipt, and you can kindly give it back, and I will then give you a gift card instead, and then you can buy your own gift. Okay, enough of that. So, everybody, thank you so much uh, for listening. I hope that you are out there living your dreams. You're navigating your philosophical, your religious, your spiritual uh, belief systems and taking a look at those and seeking to handcraft the uh, the system that brings you the most joy and if that is within a religious context I completely support that I'm, I'm not anti anything I'm not anti God I'm not anti religion I am pro human beings having the most fulfilling life as possible and hopefully doing so in a manner that is not um, abusive or violent towards others that i'm 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 not a fan of so keep on out there keep pursuing your dreams find your bliss follow your heart detach from the outcome give your gifts and let people receive them or let them not receive them it has nothing to do with you and always strive to refine the gift that you have to give and Let's see how that goes. So that's what I got for you today on January 25th, 2024, episode 57. I'm almost at 60. Uh, Episode 57 of the Paul Green Comedy Podcast. I love you all so much. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy your day.